Welcome to episode 12 of season two of Armchair Donkeys. Today, we welcome former UCLA Bruin and Detroit Lions tight end Joe Fourier onto the show to help us break down the battle for Los Angeles between his UCLA Bruins and the USC Trojans. In 2012, during his senior season, Joe helped put an end to the Trojans' five-game winning streak where he had four catches for 61 yards and a touchdown in a massive 38-28 Bruins victory. Go! UCLA <laughs> would go on to win the next two games in the series. Huge game for the Bruins this weekend against SC. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this rivalry and what this game means to you guys, Joe? Well, let's be honest. <clears throat> Bo, you can attest. You know how rivalries are. What, what was yours in Colorado? The Rams? No, Nebraska was our number one. Nebraska, rival. that's yeah. right. It, ever since back in the day, because Nebraska invented Olympic lifting and came up, came out of the woodwork. Uh, but uh, I mean, when you really think about rivalries, you might think about Lakers, the Celtics. Uh, you might think like what Real Madrid versus Barcelona or something like that. And then maybe the maybe the third biggest in the world is USC versus UCLA. <laughs> and uh you know it's cool to, it's super cool to be a part of um i'm one of the unicorns i'm born and raised in use uh, in los angeles so i've seen it my entire life and it's cool to be a part of it be a part of the lore and uh it's one of those things that never die like every week all of the all of the uh the games that you won or played in they all come back to the surface Whenever, um, whenever it's game week and the big rivalry across town, it's one of those things that that it's deep in your blood, deep in your bones. I've seen it divide houses. I've seen it break up friendships, and I've seen it break up true love. Okay, this thing, this thing is is visceral, and uh, it's really cool to be a part of. Brown, uh, blue versus red, uh, private versus public. You know, it's. It's a really storied tradition and rivalry against each other, and I love I love being a part of it, and love I can't wait to watch it this weekend. I love it. Um, real quick, before we get to that game, before we get to uh, gambling, I got to ask you a question. Considering that you know you're kind of an honorary Buffalo, as your uncle Christian played for us, and your nephew Caleb is currently <laughs> a tight end in Boulder, how do you feel about the Trojans and the Bruins bolting on the Pac-12 conference for the Big Ten in 2024? Firstly, I appreciate you saying that because I feel that because I all, all I wore was Buffalo garb my entire childhood. <laughs> and, uh, you know, having a little cousin there is great, too. But I, I, I wear his clothes. Like when I go to the gym, he gave me a bunch of a bunch of fits, a bunch of Colorado buff fits. So I'd be wearing it all the time. And recently I've been posting pictures on the Instagram. Everyone's like, whoa, what are you doing? I'm like, chill. It's, fa it's family. Back off. Uh, <laughs> But wait, wait. What was the second part of that question? I you guys are you guys are leaving for the Big Ten. You guys in uh, oh, USC. Dude, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Uh, for the longest time, I think it, it's been kind of not good for us. Uh, and I say us as like a whole of the Pac-10 slash Pac-12. It's like we always end up beating each other up. There's yeah. no like there's there's good competition. But we have that any given Saturday kind of feel in the Pac-10, Pac-12. It, it hasn't served us well. It's always like, oh, they have three losses, four losses. It's like, okay, well, we're we're competitive. You know, there's not there's not Alabama versus the school of the blind. Granted, I know the SEC has great competition, but for some reason, it's it's it, there. There's a bigger gap, and for the for the longest time I can remember, the Pac-10, Pac-12 
has had a smaller gap and it's been shown through the records that we that we that we uh, that we uh that we results uh, the, the results we have in our records and that's why we don't get the, the college playoff so i think this is some crazy way it might be because of the money it might be because of the tv deal but i think this is actually going to maybe benefit us uh usc and ucla for the future when it comes to college football playoff not not having that small gap maybe we can open that gap to become like a like our own like an alabama in our own conference but bare bones of it i hate it because we're i mean you're gonna make these kids travel so much and the best part about going to oregon going to arizona or arizona state or stanford i was like oh i mean we could take a bus, but we're going to take a 45-minute plane flight. And that's yeah. not bad. Once you get to a certain point where you're where you're traveling that much for away games and, God forbid, are already fickle not to show up to the stadium with UCLA fan base, I really doubt they're going to fly that far for those type of games. And that kind of puts, you know, that kind of puts uh, a little distaste in, like, the players' mouths when they don't have, like, you know, good support. So – I don't know. It's one of those things where I don't like it. It's change, but I, I sound like I'm in my thirties when I say I hate change. <laughs> and, uh, I, but I, I think I'm excited to see how it pans out. It's just one of those things that it's been so long Pac 10, Pac 12. It's been such a storied tradition and playing the same teams. It's always going to be weird having not play those teams anymore throughout the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I grew up, uh, my dad played at Stanford, so I grew up going to see Stanford-USC, Stanford-UCLA, and those are some pretty historic rivalries. I, I, I'm thinking that what we'll probably see is we'll probably see the college football, it'll turn into something more like the NFL, where you have an NFC and an AFC-type conference, and there'll be these two massive super conferences. And it looks like it's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten, so I think we'll probably see a, some kind of a merge happen in the next decade. To which, which maybe you know, they're already on the forefront of at USC and UCLA. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah, it's it's going to be nuts. But that's where the money is. All right, uh, yeah. let's get to let's get to gambling. Uh, Bob, you had a phenomenal Saturday against the odd, odds makers. Why don't you give us a quick recap? Yeah, good weekend, man. Saturday I was went undefeated. My three college games I chose, and then uh, Sunday two and one. Um, the Saints let me down. Uh, not winning that game, but I snuck in a. A little four-team teaser as well that uh, was successful on on Saturday for college football. So it was a, it was a great weekend. Good bounce back from the the weekend before where I kind of fell on my face on on college football. I love it. You know, I had another great week myself. I'm five and one in games I've picked on the show over the last two weeks. Although I was heavy on San Jose State Saturday, which put me into a massive hole, and I needed to hit a huge parlay on Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Jimmy G. Uh, to, to make a little bit of a comeback. It was a stressful week, but we're back in the black, baby. All right, Joe, uh, let's kick things off in the Rose Bowl where UCLA is getting two and a half points at home against SC. The odds makers are expecting a shootout in this one as the over-under is set at 75 and a half points. Oh, well, uh, I was at the game um, uh, last week, US, UCLA versus uh, Arizona. And um, there's a lot of points, and um, it was it, it sucked because if they would have if they would have won that game, ended up losing. But if they would have won that game, this would have been it would have been the first time UCLA and USC would play each other in the from in, both in the top ten since 1993. 
But that's not happening anymore because they fucking lost. So uh, what I saw was a a defense that had – they had it in them, but this quarterback was super mobile. And I don't think the USC quarterback was was is as mobile as this last quarterback we faced. Um, but it seems as if there will be points being scored. It's uh, you know I appreciate the two and a half points from Vegas. It's very nice, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take it and run with it because I know we're gonna fucking win. Uh, it's, at, it's at the Rose Bowl. You know Chip Chip won't stand for it again. He has his guys. There's no more excuses. It's five o'clock. It's gonna. Be, it's a beautiful November day in Pasadena. I mean, it's 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 cooking up for something special. And uh, uh, I, I think they got it in them. I mean, I wasn't always a fan of number one, the quarterback for for UCLA. Yeah, he he really grew on me. Yeah, uh, last year he was jumping over people against the against SC, and this year I. You know, at one point his swagger almost set me at a disease, but now I'm like, dude, you can back it up, be be as verbose and arrogant as you want. He's the type of quarterback, you know, with a lot of personality that, like, you know, after he throws a, a touchdown, he'll like do this in front of his face and dance and stuff like that. And you know, I, I used to not like that with for my quarterback. I wanted my quarterback to be calm, cool, and collected, even keel, balanced. You know, set the standard. Let me, the crazy tight end, bro. You get this. Tight ends are always crazy around the league. <laughs> yeah. No matter what, let the tight ends be the crazy ones doing the dances, getting the attention. You already get attention. You know, just put the stats and give us the ball. No, but he really leans into it, he, and I, I can't bet against him because I don't think you, he he uh, he'll allow UCLA to lose. I love it, Bob. What are your thoughts on this game? You know, it's, I think it's going to be a great football game. I think there's going to be a ton of points scored. I, I, I would, I think I would have looked at this differently if UCLA would have won last weekend. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think USC has a ton of talent. Um, and I, the thing that's going to make me lean towards the Trojans in this game is that they do control their destiny in the Pac-12. They control their destiny when it comes to the playoff. Um, you know, if they win out, they take care of business. They should be in the, the top four. Um, so, I, 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 man, I, <laughs> I do love DTR and the way he plays, but I, I just think I've all I just think USA USC is the team this year in the Pac-12. If we're going to be represented in, in the playoff system, so I, I, I got to go with the Trojans on this one. Yeah, this is a tough game for me to call. Uh, you know, they say that defense wins championships. But Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley's offense, even without Travis Dye and maybe Mario Williams, uh, have enough firepower to beat anybody in the country on any given Saturday. Um, That said, I believe UCLA has enough weapons to keep up against a suspect USC defense. For me, this game is going to come down to whether or not USC linebacker Eric Gentry plays and how healthy he is. He's a huge difference maker for the Trojans. At 6'5", 215 pounds, he's got a huge wingspan, and his hands get on a ton of passes. When he went down against Utah, you really saw the tides shift in that game. If Gentry doesn't play, I think whoever protects the football will likely be the, uh, the team that wins this game. Uh, this probably isn't a game that I'm going to bet, but, man, I think it's going to be a real fun game to watch, and I'm looking forward to it. All right, Bob, uh, let's head up the coast to Eugene, where the Ducks are a three-point favorite at home against Utah. The over-under in this game is 42-and-a-half. Um, so th- the fact that this game is in Eugene, it's at Autzen Stadium, um, and, I, and I really think, I mean, Bo Nix is a totally different guy 
at in this Oregon offense than he was at, at Auburn. Um, you know, we all know Utah's tough. They're physical. They'll play hard. Um, I just don't feel like they're the same group that we've seen the last few years out of out of Utah. So um, I, I like Oregon coming back home, playing at Autzen, and I'd give up. I'll give up the points and, and take the Ducks in this one. All right, Joe. I, I, uh, any thoughts on this game, or maybe any thoughts on playing up in Autzen Stadium? Thank you for saying that because I was going to chime in regardless. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing: playing at Autzen is fucking crazy. <laughs> it uh, it's it's one of the be- one of the better play- places I played in, and I can tell you what: no matter what, I don't care if they're playing an NFL team. Uh, I'm one of the believers that say that's not possible. But in this case, when to make my point, if Odson, if Oregon is playing at Odson against anybody, anytime, any day, I will not bet against them. Them playing at home, it's the acoustics, it's the fans showing up for warm-ups, pouring into the stands. Literally, the first section that's full, Phil, is the student section. And that's really, really hard to witness because UCLA, when I was there, can only count a handful of times when it was full. <laughs> and even then, the full was only like 95%. It was never, it was never the full 100. Austin, it's 100 at the, at the jump, and it's really hard to win there. And it's really hard to get going and find the momentum there because the, the, green, the green and yellow, they will be in your face. They will be in your ear. It'll be a difficult place to play. So whomever is playing against Oregon Ducks in Austin Stadium, I feel bad for, and I would never bet against them. I like where your head's at, Joe. And I will just say this this one thing to offer up a little bit of um, defense for the, the UCLA student section. It's got to be a pain in the ass to, to jump on a school bus drunk and then ride home on a school bus drunk. And and the, the Rose Bowl is a pain in the ass to get to from Westwood. If, if you guys were to turn that track stadium into an on-campus stadium, you know how fun that place would be? Yeah, man, man, that would be awesome. It, you know, I'm I'm gonna take it a step further. Something I've said since I was very young. Uh, and here's the thing: I'm gonna be very careful with what I say as well, because this can offend some people. And I know Veterans Day was recently, but and I had veterans in my family that served, and I work with veterans very closely. However, there is a big, 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 big field full full of graves. And a lot of them empty, memorial graves, names. And I appreciate that. They served, they died for our country. Amazing. However, they're taking prime space on Wilshire Boulevard next to the 405, right next to UCLA campus. And that could be an amazing stadium. Yeah. But we respect them and it can't happen. So yeah, I guess the cool track stadium would be a good idea. But yeah, no, no one in their right mind's gonna want to go there on a bus unless they're like UCLA is really facilitating all the buses putting a stripper pole in there, letting you, smoke, letting you smoke and drink on the on the bus. That's how you get 19, 20-year-olds to go to the games. And then after, you're, you have to drive back home. So, I mean, the, it's one of those things where I always wish we had we had it. Uh, but we did a little bit towards the end of my senior year. It's just a difficult thing. And that's why in L.A., it's, it's a special thing if you actually go because it's one of those things where you have way better options. Like, if you're in different places of the world, like, I don't know, Eugene, Oregon, you have nothing better to do. It's probably going to rain, so might as well go to the gate and wear a poncho. And, you know, at and, and UCLA, you know, uh, I could go to the beach. 
I could also go to Buffalo go see, Club. Yeah, Buffalo Club. Buffalo. You can go to Buffalo <laughs> Club, you know, or the Wilshire if it's still open. And uh, yeah, there's better options. There's more things to do. And so it, it results in fair weather fanhood. Well, shit. If you want to talk about taking a bus to Pasadena, our boy party planner Bo. I don't know what year that was, but the Buffs played at UCLA. We had a crew of people going from Venice to Pasadena. This guy rents like a Hollywood sightseeing double-decker bus. The top has no roof on it, so we're just cruising up the highway in like an open open bus top. Oh, shit, man. It was – And the bus bus was – the bus didn't pick us up until kickoff, so we get to to the Rose Bowl – and it's halftime, and we're already down forty-five to nothing. <laughs> I, I, Wait, what, you, what year was this? You might have been playing in that game. I know it sounds like yeah, a, maybe so. We, yeah. were, we were winning forty to nothing during half by halftime. <laughs> oh, dude, it was brutal. Um, all right, so back to this Oregon game, uh, Bob. Last year we went zero and two in this matchup. We took the Ducks in both games, but I do agree with you. The difference in last year's game was Devin Lloyd and Nephi Sewell, linebacker, who are both in the league now. Utah stud tight end Dalton Kincaid came back last weekend after the injury he suffered against Washington State. I love State. that guy. He's a stud. Uh, but yeah, you know, he, 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 he wasn't his usual self. He only had four catches for 35 yards. I don't think he's 100% healthy. Give me the Ducks, minus three at home in Austin uh, in this game. All right, guys, I'm going to take us uh, to Tallahassee where the Raging Cajuns are getting 24 points against Florida State, or 24 points against Florida State. The over-under in this game is 52. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette uh, really has nothing to lose in this game. They've got a really good quarterback who, uh, who's put, who can put some points on the board. Florida State is coming off blowout wins over Syracuse and Miami. Plus, they have Florida next weekend. This might not sound like an exciting game, Joe, but this show is all about beating the sports book. I think this is a trap game for Florida State, who's going to overlook this Raging Cajuns team, who has enough talent to keep this game close against the Seminoles team, who will likely be chasing babes at the frat house in Tallahassee on Thursday night. Give me the Raging Cajuns plus 24. Bob, you got any thoughts here? Um, yeah, I don't know anything about the Raging Cajuns or anybody on their team. Um, so, again... I, uh, I guess I got to trust you. Um, I don't, I mean, sure. What the hell? Let's go to Tallahassee and, and upset Florida state. Um, yeah, plus, 24, I, plus 24 plus 24. I, I haven't seen Louisiana Lafayette play one damn, one damn snap this whole year. So I don't know. I gotta, I gotta get out of the way of this one. Cause I, I, I'm not sure. You'll like their quarterback. Uh, Joe, you got any Thursday night game week party story, stories for us? Or maybe you had a cupcake on Saturday and you, and you said hell with it and you went out on Wednesday or Thursday? Oh, no. I, I, I hated the short week. But one, I'm going to also throw my hat in for the Raging Cajuns. I have some Raging Cajuns in my family. My whole family's from Louisiana. Oh, nice. So I'm uh, never going to bench 24 points. You know, I'm taking those well, those well-fed, the well-fed boys down there to, to take it to them. But uh, Thursday game, what stands out? No, no, out? What, no. Saturday, it's a Saturday game. But did, did you ever go out on a Thursday night before a Saturday game when you had a cupcake on your schedule, like so, someone? Oh, that you I you guys- see. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Mm. Ah, I mean, I took a lot of hits to the head, so it's hard to remember that far away. Uh, but at the same time, I think uh, I don't think I ever did that. No, I, I never did that. 
I did the I, I did the there was a couple times in the NFL, which is why I didn't play that long. Uh, on on fr- on Friday on Friday a couple Fridays I did I did go out. Uh, a couple Fridays I did go out in yeah. Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. As I said, I didn't have a, I didn't have a long career, but uh, we made the most of it. We made the most of it. I love it. I, I think that there was a game against Oklahoma State in 2000 where I threw a Halloween party on a Wednesday night at my place. It might have been a Thursday. And I, I only invited a couple guys on the team. And, man, the entire squad showed up. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this game. And then we went out and beat the shit out of Oklahoma State that Saturday, which was, I mean, shit. I, you, you got a chance to recover pretty quickly when you're that age. But still, I, I think that Florida State's going to be overlooking those guys on Saturday. I will, All right, Bob. I will, go ahead. I, was, I will say there's a few practices that stand out to me. And I probably had the best practices of my life. I was pancaking everybody because I was like hungover. And like, I guess, I guess the, the, yeah, I was pissed off. And the, like, the adrenal glands and the adrenaline was like, really pumping i was like i was in survivor mode i was like oh if i don't do really well in practice i'm probably gonna puke and pass out so might as well just go through put my head through my head through a brick wall yeah that that was like bowl game practices for us at the fiesta bowl bob like that oh man our entire uh, huddle just smelled like a liquor locker dude i can't can't imagine going to college with you dude it was probably a trip Oh my God! I see. I I got I got to know you with with uh, you know with some money, with some more experience under your belt. You know, making moves in the world, and like I can't imagine when there was lawless college. Like I, I would have loved it. I would have loved it. I would have been, I, I, I been your right hand man. That's for sure. I, I used to go keg napping in Boulder, where uh, I, I'd have, I'd have my buddy John Donahoe would drive me around in the back of his truck, and I'd run into people's backyards and grab their, grab their keg shell. We'd take six of them. Back to Superior Liquor Mart and six keg shells was enough for a brand new keg. <laughs> oh my God. Return six, get one free. Yeah, once I a love week. That. All right, let's get back to football. Take us to Waco, Bob, where the Bears are getting two and a half points at home against TCU. The over under in this game is 57 and a half. Big TCU fan here. Um, I think they just continue to prove themselves. And again, I'm going to go back to kind of what I said about. Uh, USC, right? They control their destiny. They're in the driver's seat. They could win out in the Big 12. If they're undefeated, they should be in the playoff. So I think this is a a well-coached team, a very talented team. Um, Their quarterback plays well. They got the big dude on the outside, the receiver who just dominates football games. Um, You know, they went into Austin and and, and beat a good football team last weekend. So um, I'll give up these points. I'm going to take the frogs. I think they're... uh, a team of destiny this year. I don't think there's anybody in the big 12 that can get in their way. And the fact that they do control their path to get to the playoff system, they'll be ready to play. So I'll, uh, the, the horn frogs are going to go into Waco and take care of business. Joe, you got any thoughts on this big 12 matchup? I have a couple exes from Texas and I've drunk, I've drove, <laughs> I've drove, I've driven through uh, downtown Waco. And when it was over, they said, what'd you think? And I said, Oh, that was it. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> and I always had this huge crush on this girl from high school that ended up going to TCU and, and being a cheerleader, forget her name, but she was super hot. She was super smoking hot. Um, so I'm a kind of, I'm kind of out of pass right here, but I guess I will, I will, uh, I'll go for the horn frogs. Uh, I think TCU is going to uh, likely run the table all the way to the playoff where I think they're going to get blown out by whoever they play. 
but I like the Horned Frogs in this game. Uh, all right, guys, I'm going to do it again. I'm 0-3 on the show in games involving San Jose State this year, but we're going to Provo, Utah, where the Spartans are a two-point favorite against Utah State. Uh, the first time we covered San Jose State, I said that Siobhan Cordero was a Jekyll and Hyde-type quarterback, uh, and I'm sticking <coughs> to that statement. This San Jose State team either looks really good or really bad. I'm looking for them to bounce back big in this game after playing terrible football in San Diego last weekend. I don't think Utah State is very good this year, and this is a great spot for San Jose State to get back on track. Give me uh, the Spartans minus two in this game. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that neither of you guys have anything to say about this game. <laughs> well, I'll tell you that I listened to you about San Jose State, and then I stayed up and watched that shit show they put together against San Diego State. So I am avoiding betting on these guys again. All right, fair enough. Let's let's jump to the <laughs> NFL then, Joe. You had a heck of a rookie season in Detroit where you caught seven touchdowns. Uh, the Lions are three and six this year. They've had four winning seasons in the last 20 years. You got any thoughts on why they struggle up there in Detroit so much? Two of those winning seasons I was a part of. Okay. Let's I mean, go. Just, I'm just saying, you know, like, <laughs> makes sense. Uh, <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, I guess you call it the hard knocks curse or whatever, and it's hard to watch, uh, such a storied franchise, uh, do so horribly from year to, from year to year for years to come. And, uh, it's one of those things where I feel for the fans the most, because I know how much they love their players and their team. And on their, I always tell this stat, we have a few, like, uh, what's it, what's it called? Uh, gatherings or reunions they, you, no not, not not reunions when you like when they have you they talk they have an operations person talk to you or they bring in speakers and they have like a certain like uh team meetings team meetings and whatever but it was for rookies and um i'll never forget they were like talking about like you know crime in detroit and what to do and what to avoid and all this stuff and they were talking about how there is a literal inter a dependent statistic whether when there is a victory i'm sorry when there is a victory for the detroit lions crime and domestic violence and what and and whatever goes down wow okay and when they lose there is an uptick in crime the days leading the days following a loss in detroit <laughs> michigan so not only these these people they're such good fans they're such into it they're such fanatics of the team that they literally want they not want to break things like you know you're in the, you're in the living room you're yelling at the TV at the bar you know you're like you're like oh you know they take it a step further they they be beating people up and stealing shit when they lose okay so I just feel bad for the fans and uh, you know it's one of those things where I, I always hold that, that city and those people so dear to my heart. It sucks to see them, you know, continue this like whoa uh, type of you know bear, bad news bears esque type of football for years and years that they've they've been doing this. But uh, I always have hope. But um, it's one of those things where if they're if I'm, if I'm a gambling man and I was mostly just a blackjack player, I kind of avoided the whole like betting on my own sport kind of thing. But if I'm a betting man, I I, I will tend to avoid uh, betting for. The, the, the Honolulu blue and silver 
it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, what are you going to do? It's, they don't win. They don't, and it starts, and it starts from the top and it trickles its way down. I love the new head coach. Uh, also, uh, 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 um, was he, was he offensive line or a tight end? He's a tight end. He's a tight, He's tight end. end. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The tight end. And I love, I love him. I love his attitude. I think he might eventually get it going. Um, but, uh, I don't think it's this year. Got it. Well, they're, they're three to uh, three point underdog, uh, at the New York giants on Sunday. The over under is 45. Bob, you got any thoughts on this game? Um, well, I am a fan of Dan Campbell too, but they, again, they just can't figure out how to, how to win football games. Um, and I like the giants defense a lot. I think they'll be able to slow down the lions. Uh, Saquon Barkley's having a hell of a year the Giants are uh I think they're a pretty good team so um I I would have to I would have to lean towards giving up those points and and taking the Giants at home in this one all right uh Bob coming back to you let's go to Minneapolis where the Vikings are getting a point and a half at home against the Dallas Dallas Cowboys the over under in this game is 47 and a half yeah I don't understand why Minnesota is getting points. Um, and usually Vegas knows something that we don't know, but, um, I mean, Minnesota's coming off a big win. They're going to be at home. Kirk cousins is playing his ass off. Justin Jefferson is a stud. Um, and you know, Dallas is just Dallas and as talented as they are, they usually find a way to screw things up. So, um, I love taking the Vikings and these points. Um, I'm surprised they're getting them. Like I said, Vegas may know something that I don't know. But uh, right now, uh, the way the Vikings are playing at home, getting points, a home underdog, and they're a one-loss team, just coming off a win in Buffalo, like, give me the Vikings. Uh, Joe, your brother EK is tearing it up out there in Minnesota, had a huge fumble recovery in the end zone on the goal line to send that game to overtime. You got any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I saw that. That was amazing. EK, I'm not surprised by his success. He did the same stuff in practice, did the same stuff when he was my teammate um in college and did the same stuff when i played against him um this is one of those games where i can't bet coming coming from a, a, a player from the nfc north can't bet against the nfc north i'm going for the vikings but look out for another fellow bruin guy by the name of anthony Barr. he plays for the dallas cowboys so actually i think he's gonna have a little bit of an extra chip on his shoulder to prove to uh, a team that let him go that traded him and he's playing against a bunch of his friends and, and, and uh, people that he loves uh, on the Vikings because he was there for like seven, eight, seven, eight years or something like that. And uh, so this is like their first time playing against each other. So it'll be fun to see EK versus AB, uh, but I'm taking the Vikings. Yeah, uh, AB did not play last game. I think that they said it was he was on the fence before the game. So I'm, I'm I mean, you got can't, I can't imagine that he's not going to find a way to suit up in this game against his former team. Also, the, the NFL, you know, the Cowboys are coming off a tough loss in Green Bay. The NFL has a sneaky way of evening itself out. Cowboys are 6-3. and three, Vikings are 8-1. and one. I'm taking the Cowboys on the money line to win this game. Uh, all right, guys, I'm going to close this out in Pittsburgh where the Bengals are a four-point favorite on the road. The over-under in this game is 41. This Cincinnati secondary is decimated. They still don't have Jamar Chase on offense. TJ Watt is back for the Steelers, and that spells problems for this Bengals O-line on the road in Pittsburgh. I love the points in this spot. Give me the Steelers plus five all day in this one. Bob, you got any thoughts here? 
man, I, I just echo what you said. Um, the Bengals aren't good up front on the offensive line and having Watt back for the Steelers. I think he's going to cause a lot of problems. Um, so I like the, I like the home dog in this one too. Uh, I'm rolling with you in the Steelers. Joe, you ever played at Heinz field? I did. I did. Uh, beautiful place to play. Grass is a little loose. Uh, fans were great right next to the water. Um, there's not a lot of pretty things surrounding the stadium, a lot of industry. <laughs> so they really, they really earned their name. It was cool to play, but it was cool to play against Ben Roethlisberger and the very high pitched voice of Troy Palomalo. So I, uh, I, um, I'm going to, I'm going to take it. I'm going to say Steelers. I, I don't, how's their offense doing? I don't, I don't know what's they, going they on. Got, they, they've got Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. Um, who's their starting quarterback. Now they got George Pickens at wide receiver. Who's coming on Friar Muth at tight end. Who's actually pretty good. They've got Najee Harris at running back. Um, okay. Deontay, they've got some weapons. It's, it's, it's just a matter of if, if Pickett protects the football, I think they can actually win this game. Um, yeah. and, and I'll this- say I'll say home game with all, with all that you gave me uh, in the middle of November in Pittsburgh. Let's, I'm taking the Steelers. I love it. All right, guys. Well, that's all the time we have for you today. Thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please do us a solid and hit that YouTube subscribe button to stay up to date with future episodes. And follow us on Instagram at Armchair Donkeys to catch Bob's plays in real time. Joe, thanks for joining us today. Are you going to be hitting the Rose Bowl this weekend? Yes, I will be there, and uh, I will be loud. I'll be wearing blue. I'll be there early, uh, so I'll be sauced up for the game. And uh, and I want to say thank you, boys, for having me on. It was very nice talking to you, boys. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, Good luck at the game this weekend, and uh, good luck this weekend, Bob. Thanks, guys.